Hi, this is your host, Pete Bloom. Welcome to American Heroes Network. Our core mission is serving the brave men and women who have sacrificed to ensure our freedom. You will hear true stories from those that have served, learn about veteran organizations and resources, and gain hope for your future knowing American Heroes Network, your community, and other veterans are here and at the ready to serve and help you and your family. We will talk about the hard topics like PTSD and TBI. You will also hear military history, inspirational stories, learn about networking with the community, and more. So come join us and be part of our family. Today's guest is the Secretary and Treasurer for American Heroes Network. I would like to welcome Steph Johnson Kluge. Steph, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Pete. Good to hear your voice. You too. So, Steph, I wanted to say thanks for being part of the team. You obviously have a special connection to American Heroes Network, considering you're Jim's wife. I would really like everyone to get to know you, though. So can you briefly tell us where you grew up? Yes, Pete. I grew up in Marysville, Ohio, central Ohio. Pretty small town, but we were close as a family. Then I graduated from Ohio State University, which was nearby, and then came out with my late husband to Oregon in 1973. And that's where I got my master's degree here and then went on to get my administrative certificate at University of Oregon. Well, I think that's pretty awesome. And I don't know if you know it or not, but I'm from Ohio as well. I lived there until I was 17 and then I joined the military and really never went back except just to visit every once in a while. What's your favorite thing about Ohio? Oh, I loved growing up in Ohio. Pete, I wanted to ask, what part of Ohio were you from? Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah. Well, those are the big three, Cincinnati, Columbus, and of course, Cleveland. What I loved the most about it, I think, was when I grew up, the intimacy of the families. Basically, our weekends were taken Friday nights with the football or basketball games, Saturday at the Grange to dance, and Sunday, church. And then for me, MYF in the evenings. Very close relationships, which I've kept as I've grown up and still have family back in central Ohio. So it's near and dear to me. When I joined the military, as I mentioned, I left and I haven't really gone back, but everybody else is still there. So either they come to visit me in Florida, and when I get a chance, I try to get up there to Ohio, but that's very rare. I'd have to say, besides my family up in Ohio, um, the other thing that I like about it is Skyline Chili. I mean, everybody knows about that and I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And then a couple of things that I'd love to do up there, but I've never done, and I don't know if you've got the chance to, is I've still not made it up to Cedar Point. I'd love to get up there sometime. And around Cleveland is the actual Christmas Story house from the movie The Christmas Story. I'd love to go see that. Oh, I haven't seen that at all. But when you mentioned food, you just didn't mention White Castle. And of course, <laughs> for many years, even when I'd go back home, I would bring those a sack of White Castles back on the plane. But now, of course, you can get them just about everywhere. But growing up with them, that we'd stop in and get them at five cents a piece. And then I think they went to 12 and now uh, they're 40 some. But still, when I land in Ohio, we have to go to White Castle right away. That's funny. We each have our favorite place to go eat. Yes. Did you have any military family members or relatives that influenced you? Yes, Pete. My daddy was what they called a 90-day wonder in World War II in the Navy. He was drafted and served. And then I think we go even further back with my ancestor, Captain John Stevenson, and he fought with General George Washington to help free our nation from Great Britain. Wow. And of course, my husband, Jim Klug, which I'm very proud of. He was staff sergeant, drafted 
and fought in Vietnam, and he survived, thank goodness, even though he was wounded twice and awarded the Purple Heart. So uh, those are the very close people that I have that I'm very proud of. Wow, that, that does sound awesome, and there's some amazing history there. What is a 90-day wonder in World War II? I don't even know. And I know you were in the Navy, weren't you, Pete, also, I thought? I did four years in the Navy and seven in the Marine Corps. So, yeah, I was in the Navy for a while. Well, what I've been told by my family was that my daddy, who was a farm boy, because going back to the Revolutionary War, my great-great-grandfather was given land, a thousand acres, for fighting with General George Washington. So they all continue to hand those farms down in central Ohio. And so my daddy grew up on one of the three farms that they had. And he was drafted at World War II. It was tough for him to leave that close farm family. And the reason I understand that he was called the 90-Day Wonder is because he was college educated. And I think that was pretty tough on my dad because he went immediately in, as I believe, captain at that point. The only reason they called it the 90-day wonder, as far as I know, is because they turned them out in those three months to go and serve. Okay. It's just an interesting little fact that I had never heard before, so that's pretty cool. Steph, why are those that have sworn to protect and defend important to America as you see it? Well, I was thinking about that question, and I think I go back to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., one of the times in one of my studies, and he said that everyone has the power for greatness, not necessarily for fame, but for greatness. And then he went on to say, because greatness is determined by service. And that really says that all to me, especially for those who defend our country. My own personal feeling is that we all should serve our country instead of just that small percentage volunteering to take care of us now. And I'm not talking about maybe going into the military, but there's so many things with our youth and our inner city and our homeless. There's just all kinds of things that I feel each citizen in the United States should do. We just don't do that. But at the beginning of our whole efforts to secure independence, I mean, my ancestor, Captain John Stevenson, I mean, he was a farmer, but he went in and he fought with, I think it was the Baltimore Company of Mine Run in Baltimore, Maryland. And he was promoted as a captain, and he fought to secure the independence of the United States of America. So I'm very proud of those from the beginning of my ancestors up till now that would step forward and protect and defend the United States. You know, I really love that quote, especially the greatness is determined by service part. And you're right. It really does apply to the military as well. You know, those that have served, they have great hearts, great determination great dedication and loyalty to protect America and our freedom. Steph, how did the connection to someone that serves or has served our nation change or influence your life? Well, I think what's pertinent right now is that my husband, Jim, as the president and CEO of American Heroes Network, was drafted and he served, fought with the most horrible conditions on the ground and did that with two tours with honor and now has come home even though wounded and those wounds don't go away, he still wants to help other veterans. And so when he was able to purchase this American Heroes Network, he stepped right forward and he spent a lot of time trying to find board members that would be very interested in, and someone like yourself that would donate their time and care about our most precious uh, service individuals. 
So those are some of the things that have made me uh, very, very proud and wanting to help in any way that I could. You also said something about the Daughters of the American Revolution. Do you want to talk about that? Well, yeah, I'd love to. That was something that came about because of Jim being the national historian for Purple Heart. We made lots of trips to Washington, D.C. And at that point, I had always known of Captain John Stevenson because there's plaques and the DAR in Ohio have awarded many uh, newspaper articles and so forth about him and his family. But until I started going to Washington, D.C. with Jim, I'm looking into the DAR archives and deciding at that point that I wanted to know about our family history and wanting to join the National Daughters of the American Revolution. It all came to fruition because we did so many trips. So I did lots of research and then came back home and joined with the local DAR. And there are a lot of such wonderful stories with that organization. Again, just making us also proud that we have been a part of from the Revolutionary War on and now with my own husband, I think trying to do something very special for our veterans and for our country. That's really awesome. And you're saying a lot more history is coming out of that and you're able to go and do research and find out things. What exactly does it stand for, though, the Daughters of the American Revolution? Is it a, a nonprofit organization and what is their mission? Yes, it is. And it is national. It's huge. In fact, in Washington, D.C., they have one of the most spectacular buildings that you can go in and libraries, so many books and do so much research on your families and so forth. To become a part of the Daughters of American Revolution, though, you do have to trace back the various lines of your family. I traced Captain John Stevenson all the way up through to my current family. And that takes quite a bit of time. We've visited like the Ohio Historical Society, gone to the graveyards in central Ohio. There are so many Stevensons in this graveyard close to Central Point and Canal Winchester that it's just amazing. And so you look back at those grave sites and you look at how so many families of the Stevensons stayed together once that land was given. Because, of course, General George Washington, they had very little money, but they did award many of the patriots land to take care of. And that's where that part of my family came from, Baltimore, Maryland, and settled in Ohio. They came in Ohio in 1805 because of those free lands. So I have since had my nieces and my cousins join and so forth. But what the Daughters of American Revolution tried to do is honor those that have served and go back in the history. And then we still go into the veterans associations all over Oregon and try to help with Christmas and Easter's and clothing and just mentoring and doing anything we possibly can at the VAs. Wow, that's awesome. You know, I hadn't really heard about it before. So I find that a uh, little bit of history very fascinating and I'm going to have to go look it up later and find out more. <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds great. So tell me, why did you join the American Heroes Network team as a board member? Well, first of all, I believe so much in the importance of what my husband and all of the board members are doing. I've never been in the military myself. I've been an educator most of my life, but I am so impressed with what individuals on the board, and especially you, Pete, are trying to do to get word out to help veterans. I know Jim has explained to me when he came home from Vietnam and many others that were treated without respect, 
or even gratitude or very little help I have understood was offered for those Vietnam vets. I mean, basically it was like, get your uniform off because of the war being so unpopular and just get back and get going on with your life. And so those types of individuals such as yourself and the others on the board are trying to reach out so that our veterans that are returning now and those that have returned are given special consideration for some of their needs. That war, the Vietnam War, was definitely an unpopular war, but it just seems like uh, even today, there are still many people who, you know, it doesn't matter what we're fighting for or what the reason is, but they always find it unpopular. So they always have a negative attitude towards it. And just like you, Steph, I believe in what American Heroes Network is doing. And that's why I joined the team. I also know that, you know, those coming home from Vietnam, they were treated horrible. And it does make me sad to think how people are sometimes. I feel like people don't always have to agree on everything, you know, but when people become hateful about something that they don't like, I think that's just wrong. I agree totally. And I'm really proud of those that are serving now. I think it's, you probably know the figure better than I do, but I think it's less than 1% that actually now volunteer to go and take care of the rest of us, guard our, our freedoms. And at that point, Jim and many others, they had no choice. Just like my dad, they had no choice. They were drafted. Same thing with Jim. I mean, you might be living a pretty great life at one point, but at that point, when you were called upon, you just had to go. Now, many people might disregard that, but I don't. I think it's very honorable, and we need to take care of those who have served and who are serving at this point. And I'm talking about not just the men that and women that go and serve, but I'm talking about the families that stay back, the children. That's one of the things I'm very interested in. How are those families that have to move around and the children that are in schools worried about either their mother or their father overseas being taken care of correctly? And they don't need the worries back home here. So that's something that I'm very interested in and hope that I can get our DAR women even more interested in maybe looking into the school systems and how we can help some of our military families right now. And it's so great that you said that too, because uh, one of the things with the American Heroes Network is that, you know, we are there for the active duty military. We are there for the veterans that have been out of the military for a while. But importantly, we are also there for the families and the children. So we're going to talk about things that are beneficial for all of them and not just focus only on the veterans. So I'm glad you said that. And that is very important to us. And so why is American Heroes Network important to you? Again, to reiterate, I just think those who have served our country should never, ever be forgotten. When you think about it, when you volunteer or before when you were drafted, you give up your home, you give up your families, and many times careers, because a lot of times folks that you've worked for are not that understanding your job is gone when you come back. So they should be rewarded and they should be greeted with praise for their service and for their sacrifice, I feel, for giving to this country. Absolutely. Part of what we were talking about just a few minutes ago, too, is the whole respect thing. And I really think respect is important for their service and their sacrifice. I'm one of those people that I'm of the mindset that, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. I wish more people would do that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was a horrible time during Vietnam. I was at Ohio State at that point, and I know demonstrators felt strongly in ending what they felt was an unjust war. 
I remember glass breaking and we were trying to go to class and people would come in and bust in to try to break up the classes and so forth. And then there would be those that were trying to protect and take care of our soldiers that had been drafted to go there. And whether it was an unjust war or not, I think it was a shameful time directed at those that were drafted and had to go to serve. That's just my own feeling. Right. I agree. You know, it boils down to this and people really need to think about this too. And I think they just gloss over it all the time. You know, back then people were drafted, they were ripped away from their families and they were sent to war. And so it was harder on them than it ever has been on the people today. And I will say that for the one reason that those that serve today, well, they still have to go through hell and war. They had at least a choice. The people that are serving today, they volunteer to make that commitment, to make that sacrifice. So, I mean, at least they had a choice, whereas before they didn't. And I'll tell you, I, if I see a veteran, you know, I always thank them for their service. I always shake their hand because I feel like, you know, that we need to always remember their service and their sacrifice and that we're free for a reason. I think that's so well said. I agree. Absolutely. We need to do even more. And so just to wind that back through, I was just delighted to be a part of this American Heroes Network and delighted to hear the stories as you're interviewing of those that are on the board. I mean, I've known just about everyone except yourself, and you have quite an extensive background, which you should be very proud of also, Pete. Well, an interesting thing there that I'll share with you is that Jim said that this is a military people in general. You know, a lot of military people, when they get out of the service, they don't talk much about it. And right. sometimes the person that we're closest with will talk to them about it. And in this case, Jim talked to you. And what did you do? You kind of drug it out of him and you got his stuff out and you decorated and you made him feel like better than he felt before. Right. And uh, how you did that, you know, my sweetheart, her name is Brenda, and she kind of did the same thing. I had all my stuff in a box too. And she said, you know, we're going to take this out. And we're going to hang it on the wall. So I would say that, you know, myself and Jim appreciate people, you know, like you and Brenda. Well, you know, Pete, the other thing, as you asked me the question earlier, is the conditions I think are better for our fighting men and women now. I know that Jim has, when he would finally talk to me about some of the conditions that they had over in Vietnam, and there was nothing really. It was rare to even get for Thanksgiving, a hot meal flown in and they were, it was boots on the ground and some other horrible, horrible things. But I'm talking about just the daily living of not being able to have clean water or clothing and so forth. I don't think a lot of people understand the sacrifices. I even go back to my Captain John Stevenson. I mean, he was a farmer and he's got like a gun and hardly any uniforms or anything, but they believe in the freedom of our country. And now to this day, when people just take it so for granted, that's one of the things that really irritates me very much. And then not to honor those that have either volunteered or been drafted. That is a shame when we don't recognize that or even teach that in our schools. You're so right. And what that is today, and I think most of us that are over a certain age will agree that in a lot of the younger generation, there is a sense of entitlement. and. I think that because of that, they don't care about history and they don't think that they should have to deal with things that we've had to deal with and they don't have the respect that they should. I will step out there and say that I personally wouldn't mind if uh, everybody that got out of high school had to at least attend one year in the military. I think that would be great and it would make people a lot more aware and a lot more respectful. 
I agree totally. And if it wasn't the military, like I said, being a school principal for 40 years, there are so many things that could happen in addition to having military people come in and talk about, make our history alive within our schools and talk about the sacrifices. But more importantly, I think inner city schools are begging for help homeless shelters and so forth. And my own personal opinion is everyone should give and serve in some way for at least one year out of high school, in high school, or before they go into the careers. I think people would value what we have a lot more if they could see some of the situations that many people are in. Yes, definitely. And I will say one thing about the schools, though, because you you were in the school system. And I do love the fact that schools have an ROTC. I think that the kids that go into the ROTC, they are the hope for our future because they're learning that respect. Oftentimes after ROTC, they do go into the military. And the other kids around the, the ROTC kids, they see that. We have to depend upon those kids to carry on what we've done and to to keep going forward and doing that. My son right now, you know, next year he starts high school. He's interested in ROTC. He's already told me he wants to be in the Marines. And I think it's just people like him that if I can instill in him the respect and the discipline and, and caring about our history, and then he can carry that forward. I think that's what we need to do. So I love the fact that they have those programs in the school. Oh, I agree totally. And I've attended some of those programs. Uh, Central Point here in Oregon, they've awarded some oh top scholars and it's with full scholarship rides and so forth. And it's wonderful to watch the individuals that they are awarding those scholarships. I agree totally with you. And for our younger generation that might be listening, just because they have a little bit of a peaked interest in history. I just want to put this out there too. For those that go into ROTC in high school and they complete ROTC, if they do go into the military, they have the chance of getting out of boot camp at a higher rank than those that did not attend ROTC. So there's an advantage to them. That is fantastic. And also at a fifth grade level, that's where we teach American history, USA history. And we have had gyms come in and spoken at many of our schools. And I know veterans would love to do that if they make that a part of the curriculum that people that have served and can talk about, not about the war experiences. Jim would never do that within our school system, but just to come in and actually talk about the historical part and where our country has come. It just makes it more alive and interesting for all students. Actually, that's awesome. And I never thought of that. So for the veterans listening Maybe you should reach out to your child's school and see if maybe you can get involved in their American history class, even for a day to go in and talk to them. That would be great because it helps instill history again. Yes, indeed. It really does. So, Steph, what are you going to contribute to American Heroes Network going forward? Well, of course, I hope to be an advocate for financial support for the station and also an advocate for the betterment of our uh, wonderful veterans. I think my connection with Daughters of American Revolution and that group who are very, very patriotic can make a difference in raising monies, giving grants and so forth. It's a huge organization. I'm not quite sure how many chapters across the United States, Pete, but if anyone does get to Washington, D.C., they represent every state within each room and you'll see a setting. And then the library is huge and the types of things that the Daughters of American Revolution do in Washington, D.C. And then the local chapters. 
that try to contribute also. That's awesome. And it's awesome to hear, you know, what you're going to be doing for American Heroes Network. I think the more support that we can get, the more veterans and families we can help. Uh, For those listeners wanting to help, you can go to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and click donate on our menu bar. For companies wanting to sponsor, you can click contact us and send us a message and then we'll talk about it. So Steph, what's the best way for people to contact you if they want to reach out and, and talk about anything that they heard today? Well, I think the best way is just through my husband, Jim Klug. Okay, that's great. So, Steph, I want to say thank you for taking the time today to talk to us. I know that you may feel like that your function with American Heroes Network is more behind the scenes, but it's great having you on here and talking to you. And I think that you've shared some very interesting information today that a lot of people may not have even known about. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know about the Daughters of the American Revolution. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go learn more about it myself. You have contributed and it was a pleasure to talk to you. So I wanted to thank you and I look forward to working with you. Oh, Pete, thank you. And again, uh, we've all just been thrilled with the skills that you have presented and your interviewing skills and your computer skills. You're just a wonderful addition to American Heroes Network, leading us out. Thank you, Pete. And I thank you for that. Have a great day. You too. You can find more out about Steph by visiting AmericaHeroesNetwork.com and clicking About Us and then advisory board on the menu bar. In this episode, we learned a little interesting fact about what a 90-day wonder in World War II meant. Another great thing that we learned was about the Daughters of the American Revolution, which is a nonprofit organization for women who are directly descended from a person involved in the United States' effort towards independence. They also promote historical preservation, education, and patriotism. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be sure to keep coming back each week for more great episodes. If you want to talk about something you learned today, if you have questions, or if you would like to be a guest on our podcast, go to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and click on Contact Us. Thank you for listening.